Now I'm recording a new file. I am recording as well. And let's just not assume that I um, completely forgot about recording until you mentioned it. Let's mm-hmm, just mm-hmm, gloss mm-hmm, over that mm-hmm. fact. Yanni. Yanni. Laurel. Hello, Brendan Hutchins of the um, Podcast Advocate Network. Hey, Mark Stedman of Podient Podcast Hosting Service. <laughs> that sounds weird. Uh, how are you this uh, this fine morning for you, afternoon for me? Doing great. Ready to talk pods. Yes. Yeah. Did you listen to the uh, the two recommendations that Bradley and I gave you last week? So, um, <laughs> I'm I was behind on one, so I've listened to more of Dog Love's movies. Nice. And that is now, uh, I hit the button and I am now a subscriber. Nice. Yes, we got one. Yep, you got one. We got one! Um, do, you, do you remember any of the specific episodes that you that you listened to and or liked? Any of the guests? I started or? with the Dan Harmon, it's so basically the Harmon Town one. Yes, uh, yes, that was a SF good episode. Sketchfest. Yeah. Um, and I've not recognized any names since. Mm, um, mm, that makes sense in yeah, the, sure. the sort of new episodes but i've been enjoying them um and i i like now i've got the format of the show i kind of feel secure and comfortable and uh yeah you know that's nice because i know what to expect i like the, the la- i really like the last man stanton game i don't understand mm-hmm. the reference of the name but i like the game a lot mm-hmm. um yesterday's one that i was listening to was cameron diaz and i only could think of maybe two films um <laughs> but yeah no it's re- really good really enjoying that one yeah it's really fun to play along yeah absolutely I have not listened to um, Brad's uh, suggestion. Mm. I actually, I did. Um, mm-hmm. I uh, it was kind of funny. I, I, it wasn't, it wasn't something that was jumping out at me. Like, mm-hmm. um, I, I have a lot of business podcasts and stuff that I already listened to, and mm-hmm. and but I wanted to listen to it for homework, and uh, so I, I looked at it, and then I realized that the the most recent episode is him debating Malcolm Gladwell. Ooh. And I was like, I was just listening to the 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 teaser or whatever for Revisionist History and mm. Malcolm Gladwell uh did a debate with somebody and that's weird. And so <laughs> I'm like I I checked the the um Revisionist History feed and it's the same episode. They just did a crossover. Oh, I cool. didn't remember them talking about the uh the like another person's podcast like i wish they kind of would have mentioned that mm. um or maybe i just missed it i don't know very possible uh so i'm like oh no now i'm really excited and then i looked and it's also a kind of like a co-sponsor branded podcast by ted uh work life is yes and so um that made me even more excited because i really like the ted stuff so i listened to the first episode of work life and i liked it it was a a nice format it reminded me a lot the tone reminded me a lot of um i don't think you'll know this one but um gimlet's branded podcast with ebay called open for business Uh, had that feel to it a Mm -hmm. lot um which is cool It, it you know it's it's polished and it has a kind of a playful monologue tone to it so uh, with a bunch of interviews, so yeah, it was it was good. I'm going to listen to. I'm going to catch up on the rest of the episodes. So, so the fall of the House of Sunshine. Welcome to the House of Sunshine. Previously on the fall of the House of. So I listened to the first series or first season. I liked it. Mm-hmm. I didn't love it. Um, I appreciated the work that's gone in to this uh especially the music work um as you said the the music 
the work that's gone into producing the music is fantastic. Um, yeah. Oddly, I found the songs are almost universally too fast. Mm. Um, I was listening at one speed because it's a musical, so I wanted to, to, to get the, <laughs> the full experience. So I listened at, at mm-hmm. 1x. Um, but the songs, a lot of them are too fast, and I think they could have stretched them out a bit and they would have actually worked as well, if not actually a bit better. I think the the thing that I didn't that that made it something that I liked but didn't really love was um the the writing um the the book as they call it in musical terms so the stuff that isn't the singing mm-hmm. trying to think about what it was exactly I think part of the problem is they in my opinion didn't spend enough time establishing the world and the character before it was disrupted mm. mm-hmm. um and so in standard sort of story wheel or story circle um sure moments you actually you like you really need to spend a good bit of time in that um in in the the equilibrium stage before you can then have the have the problem and the disruption and and the ordinary world yeah, so uh, the, the, there wasn't enough time in the ordinary world, and so you've got the murder of this character by someone, um, and <laughs> someone, someone. <laughs> I, I mean, like, I, you know, I'm not gonna not gonna spoil anything, but obviously, no spoilers, yeah. you you want to start not knowing who who committed the murder because that's the whole point. Of course, um, yes, yeah, and that was a fun twist. I, I enjoyed that. So, a, a comparison I would make is with Thrilling Adventure Hour. And I think that's a fair comparison, um, yeah, as much as there's a there's a, a you know a, a, a great lightness to it, and it's it's more like something like the um, Sparks Nevada uh, um, mm-hmm. stripe or line of the of of that of that series. Um, and what as I was trying to analyze it, I think what I figured out is that what makes those shows so enjoyable, the Thrilling Adventure Hour, is that the the jokes aren't jokes. And there are lots of quote unquote jokes in um, Sunshine. Mm-hmm. There are lots of actual jokes, um, mm-hmm. and there aren't that many. There really aren't very many in 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 Thrilling. And so what they do is they rely on the uh, richness of the characters and the performance of the actors to really bring out the the humor. And when they do songs, they they're not funny songs but the premise is often funny and there might be the the odd little bit and and a lot of that is in performance or in like i said the richness of the characters um yeah and i think that's possibly what was what was lacking so i look at something like mission to zix and i i, I didn't love it the first episode but mm. from sort of two three four onwards i i it quickly became something that i really enjoyed because you learn more about the characters and there's a small amount of of core characters yeah the character um mesh the characters interacting together for zix was absolutely the driving force for that podcast mm-hmm. um yeah and i also agree with uh sunshine that there's so many characters it was really hard to keep track yeah uh so do you want another recommendation to try out for this week if you've got one hit me yes i actually do i have i've been compiling a little list so i can (laughs) build them out over um yeah so okay uh you get a pick do you want a drama or a comedy and the comedy is not fiction oh um drama drama the phenomenon Okay. Have you heard of The Phenomenon? No. Okay. This is a podcast based on a book. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe... I don't I don't know how far along in the book that they are. They only have the first season out now. I think they're working on the second season now. It's... Um, let's see. The basic premise is um, aliens have invaded, and there is a, a there was a secret 
uh, human society that um, created a failsafe protocol type um, underground government agency network thing mm-hmm. where a, a bunch of luminaries around the world all knew and they got the signal to hide in a bunker and um, preserve uh, mankind. Um, I don't know if you've if if you've heard about the the seed vault where the like the, actually exists in our world where they uh they keep a, a, a seed of every type of plant for um no. for future humans. It's up in like um, Norway, uh, according to uh, Wikipedia. Nice, nice Norway. Okay, um, and they like drilled into a mountain <laughs> to make this vault and and hide it untainted from the rest of the world, uh, and it's like one of the biggest. Um, collaborations of like, all countries that that contribute to this and and keep it keep it safe from <laughs> uh, our pollution and and, and um, global warming and all that wow. kind of stuff. So the phenomenon reminds me a lot of that, where um, all around the world, a bunch of people you know, got the signal, went down into bunkers, and and waited out um, this big alien invasion. Um, I think I'm going to stop there in my description if mm. that entices you. It does. Um, yeah, link cool. is in the show notes. I will subscribe. I will check out. I think I, I will always try and commit to to listening to one episode, and then if I like it, I will always continue. So uh, we'll see how far along I get. So uh, the trolls are dead. Yeah, I heard about that. This is, I mean, back back when this happened, this was it, it just made me so angry because mm-hmm. um, people taking credit for things that they haven't done kind of makes me angry. But um, the, this is the story of um, of the uh, personal audio LLC uh, who are patent trolls. Um, they uh, made up a reason for why they. Um, Invented podcasts, yeah. Invented podcasts. And Didn't they know Serial did that? Yeah, exactly. We all know that. Um, and before <laughs> then, it was Mark Maron. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. And uh, so they they uh, tried to sue a bunch of um, people, um, and they have ultimately now been defeated in the Supreme Court. Um, with uh, yeah, they, they basically lost to the electronic. Um, Freedom Foundation, I think it is the EFF. Yes, anyway, that's correct. Uh, yep. I know it more as the EFF, and as soon as I tried to figure out what the actual acronym <laughs> was, I, I broke down. Uh, Electronic Frontier Foundation, sorry. Um, and uh, yeah, so they they lost they lost this case as they should have, and uh, a lot of um, people are breathing a sigh of relief because this was right. eating into their time and their budget. The, the likes of Twit, I think, uh, Smodcast, and uh, so a, a bunch of uh, a bunch of people have have had this to to worry about and hanging over their heads, and it's been the case for a long while quite a, quite a number of years um yeah and and so i'm i'm, I'm delighted uh the idea that uh, an organization can create nothing and mm-hmm. then try and make money from something they didn't create just because of a loophole mm-hmm. that it is exploiting an open um ecosystem an open world market um is such an anathema to me and it, it yeah. just it makes me so angry and you know that's not a controversial stance no no i feel exactly the same i believe this is the same company that i think they they created like books on tape or not created but they they made books on tape or or taped um pieces of audio of some sort and that's kind of how they had their start okay not too familiar with uh exactly where they came from it did i I think they tried and failed to make actual products uh Mm. and then became you know holder of patents i don't the patent trolls and that that whole scene is just 
the the whole aspect of holding on to patents. I mean, this kind of goes into my um my almost rant from last episode about capitalism. Like I I I hate the fight about everybody trying to just get their own, you know, trying to take from others so that they can better themselves. And that's just how patents feel to me. I mean, I get, I, I get it. And like, uh, on one hand, you like, you, you create something like I would hate, you know, if, uh, you know, another podcast come along and, and they call themselves bit rate and they try to talk about podcasts and, and became way more popular than us, you know, like that would, that would hurt my feelings, but it's also, you know, it's, it's an idea. It's like ideas are free and anybody can and should be able to do whatever they want. And hopefully their, their morals keep them in check. I think there's a, there's a difference between patent trolling and sitting on patents uh, for, for technology you didn't mm-hmm. create, especially um, after the fact and intellectual property theft. And I think what you're talking about is more theft of IP. Yeah. And, and so, you know, this is why people like Marco trademark the name overcast um, because, it could be a very real threat that someone in the Google Play Store might want to create Overcast on Android and uh, align himself with Marco's brand in a way that could damage the work that he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the same could be true of of the podcast hosting company that I run. If someone wanted to create an app or do or, or something else, or even I don't know, you know, like if someone wanted to sell T-shirts with the with the robot on, like I wouldn't be. That sad about that. I wouldn't send them a cease and desist, probably. But if someone were to make something and pass it off as a podium product, um, then you know that would be that would be a different matter. Um, I, I think you know copyright exists to help creators and ensure that their stuff doesn't get stolen, and I, I, I support that. Mm-hmm. But the, the 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 thing that allows patent trolls to function is basically a, a loophole in a forgiving patent system and yeah. that's that's the thing that they're exploiting and that's the thing that needs to be worked out and and hopefully a case like this sets a precedent that uh, other courts can now cite how much does the rest of the world look at uh the US Supreme Court's decisions as i mean obviously like in you know the the US is um a big hub in terms of of the business world um and so you know if a company is set in in the US they're going to follow or well they're supposed to follow the US laws um but does do any other countries that you know of look at what the courts say here or just only apply their own court system i would think they probably only apply their own court system but when it would when it comes to these kind of specialty cases i think it's fairly common uh if both companies have a presence in the us it would or maybe they don't even need to or maybe they can form a a small uh company um in in the states in order for them to fight uh, to have their case heard in a specific court Mm-hmm. I think Texas tends to be a friendly court for these kinds of patent discussions. Yeah, um, is is my understanding, and so it would be, I think, uh, a, a thing that you might find two companies would have their court hurt, have their case heard in a Texas court. Yeah, because um, that's where those kind of decisions get made, and we have the same thing in the in the UK. Um, if uh, companies from the US or elsewhere want to fight a liable. Um, libel, not liable, but a libel lawsuit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, 
then they will fight it in the UK because we have very strong and strict laws against libel. Mm-hmm. And so if one company wants to say, you you know, you, you slandered us, you defamed us, uh, you libeled us, then they will fight that in London. Interesting. Um, and so I think, so wh- whether one court in one country can have an effect on another, apart from Europe, where they, they have yeah. an overarching European court, uh, I don't know if, if you can cite cases from another court, another country's court. My guess would be not, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I think, I'd, I, I know it's not exactly the same thing, but I have been fascinated with seeing how far the GDPR's reach is in mm-hmm. that it's like a worldwide effect and not just an EU effect. Yeah, and and by nature of the by nature of the web it has to be. Yeah. Um, of course. Because any any country outside of the EU uh, if they're a global business or they you know uh, they deal with people who might be from Europe then they have to implement this and so you may as well implement it for everyone because it would probably be harder work to only implement it for some. Right? Yeah. So, nine years ago, uh, a company, I think possibly Irish, but uh, I, I think possibly more likely um, British, um, won a fund from one of our broadcasters, which is uh, s- partly um, state-supported, called Channel 4. And they had a program called 4IP, and uh, they were giving out um, large sums of money to... Uh, new tech companies who wanted to do something interesting in um, in the world of tech and media, and out of that, uh, the, the one of, if not the winner, um, was in two thousand and nine, I believe, was a company called Audioboo, and what they were is basically what Anchor is now, hmm. except not as full featured. Um, so they were sort of a Twitter for audio. Oh. And it was it was quite a nice little app, and uh, it it got a little bit of use uh, among a few people. And those who were interested in the in the space at the time were sort of were were you know made made aware of this because they kind of followed followed that area. And so uh, it was a it was a, a nice little product that existed for quite a quite a while. And then I don't know three four years ago uh, they had a big pivot and became Audio Boom. Um, and they now do, uh, they're, they're much, much larger, larger organization and, uh, they now host podcasts that you've probably heard of. Um, no such thing as a fish as an example. And a lot of them tend to be more British, I think, hmm. but then uh, again, a little bit like a cast, I think, uh, but probably more social, um, and uh, it's it came out yesterday that they are now um, in trouble. They've had to pull out of an acquisition that they were supposed to um, go through mm-hmm. with with Triton Digital. That's right, um, because uh, their their money's dried up, and they're now worried that they might not see themselves through the next four weeks. Um, so it's a real shame. Yeah, they they now owe Triton Digital like a million dollars for breaking out of the acquisition attempt. Yeah, that's a real stinger. Um, so if they've if they've got to pay that after after what they've got, then then yeah, that that really screws them. I've also heard story. I've also heard that um, because they like Acast, they do um, ad placements for the podcasts on their service. Mm-hmm. They've actually they're um, behind on paying many. Um, podcasts like thousands of dollars. Yeah, not not good to hear. No, yeah, the vul- the vultures are out. Um, 
all the 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 podcast. Well, I've I've certainly seen one. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, with with the uh, watching over the the, the twitching body. Um, mm-hmm. But all I will say is that like I I I wish them I wish them the best. Um, they've I think it would be it would be a shame to see them go. I think as much as I don't really you know follow them or or, or whatever, right. having seen where they came from and you know I think I may have even been involved in a project that put a bid in for four ip back in 2009 um mm. and so to see this be the case now i think is a is a, a real shame uh, and so i I'd like I, I wish i wish everyone the best and, and hope that the the next four weeks isn't um too tumultuous for them and and you know someone comes in and uh and saves them and and, and they they pull a soundcloud yeah right yeah that would that would be nice. I'm actually not a big fan of Audio Boom. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't like the the way that they do ads. Mm-hmm. Um, though there there are and were very few Audio Boom podcasts I listened to. Uh, one of them for a long time was um, Undisclosed, which was the um, the lawyer who brought the um, uh, Rabia Chowdhury, the lawyer who brought the Adnan Syed case to Sarah Koenig. To start serial, mm-hmm. she had a follow-up podcast called Undisclosed with two other lawyer friends about all the details you actually should know about the, the Adnan Syed case. Mm-hmm. And then they went on to do further seasons after that. They were on Audio Boom and they loved it. They they felt very supported and, and helped by it. But eventually, once they started having ads on there, a lot of the ads were radio ads and they felt very inappropriate like they they had a a trump ad on one of the episodes and they are definitely uh liberal leaning i i i talked to them about it and they're like we're disgusted that that this happened so um there's a bunch of different little things like that that you know don't really matter in the long term and i I don't wish ill on them at all i just don't really particularly care for their um yeah no uh, yeah absolutely um as much as you know um i think uh, yeah i'm speaking probably slightly more personally i think yeah uh, mm-hmm. as much as i i am with you um there are professional differences um that i have with with companies like like them and, and sure. acast and uh, you know one or two others um they're doing what they think is best um yeah or, you know they're, they're also doing what is currently fashionable and what is um obviously for the most part a money-making enterprise um <laughs> yeah yeah, um, I th- yeah, I think I think that was more to the people of Audio Boo uh, or Audio Boom. <laughs> yes, um, yeah. Let's pour one out for them. Um, but yeah, the, the the business practice or the, the the business model, yeah, not not so much. Yeah. So last week when we had Bradley on, we were talking about social podcasting apps, and we talked about um, Breaker and Chorus and how they didn't quite meet um, any of the three of our uh, expectations or, mm. or desires for what we want in a, a social network for podcasts. Um, after that show aired, I got a wonderful message on Twitter from at Lonely Bob, who is working really hard, I see, at being less lonely. Uh, mm-hmm. And he recommended an app to me called Banter. Mm-hmm. It uh, apparently is in um, an open beta um, I, I've been talking with the developers and they just kind of did a soft launch without trying to um, make it too popular. So, mm. you know, 
of course, now I'm going to make it more public, but um, I've been using it for the past week or so, and I really enjoy it. I like the interface. I like um, kind of the way they've designed to share episodes and and talk about it. So um, you you can have your list of of podcasts that you follow, and they'll just come up on your main page as a feed. And so you can like it if you want to, which I don't really know what that does yet. I haven't asked besides just let you know to yourself that you like it. Um, But then you can also recast it. And so that just publishes it out to everybody else's feed that follows you. Oh, lovely. Kind of like Twitter. Yeah. And so um, since it's a, since it's really small right now, there's only about 170 users or so. Um, Everybody follows everybody. So it's, it's not a big um, uh, fire hose of, of recommendations or anything, but it is a, it's a nice steady flow. You know, everybody does like one or two a week or something like that. And it's nice. So they can, when they recast it, they can just, just do it as a recast or they can add a comment and then, People can reply to that recast. They can listen to it. They can they can make a comment, and then they can make a reply to somebody else's comment. And there's of course there's little hearts for you know um, showing that you like somebody's comment. And so far, I'm finding that it's it's pretty engaging. Um, the back and forth, the the comment thread from each episode is easily visible from the main page, which was something that I didn't like about the way. Because I actually went back to Chorus to take out take a look at why their interface didn't resonate with me, mm-hmm. and it's harder to see that there's a conversation going in Chorus, and it just there's a lot of blank space yes. that that doesn't really feel like has any purpose. To it, it doesn't even look minimal or anything mm-hmm. like that. It just seems empty. Um, whereas for Banter, for me, it, it felt clean but dense. Oh, also, the the people on there they just seem to be really happy to talk about podcasts, which is just such an important part of a podcast community or a community space of any, um, of any sort. Have you had a chance to, uh, to check out banter at all? No, I'm, I'm on it now. Um, mm, okay. and, uh, already I like the interface. Um, I think I, I, I'm very picky with, with interfaces. Um, yes. And, um, chorus, I just I couldn't quite get on with it. Whereas I, I no, kind of me neither. I think I like I like the look of this. Uh, it seems nicely nicely swipeable. I've just connected my account, so uh, I'll go and and follow some people and find some friends, um, and uh, and and look forward to uh, to giving this to giving this a go. Um, yeah, I, it, it's it sounds it sounds exciting. Yeah. So I don't. Um, the, one of the one of the probably the easiest ways, and and we talked about this last episode for a social network like this to take off um, specifically for podcasts is that you're able to listen to the podcasts in the same app that you're also socializing in. And I think that's going to be a main key for this and for any other type of service for, to actually go forward. And I might just, I mean, I, I, I might, <laughs> might is not the wrong right word. Um, I, I definitely am a different listener than most, um, you know, with, with the amount of podcasts I listen to and the speed that I, I do, um, I right now I have to stay with Overcast. Um, I tried listening in Banter, and the speed quality is not there. I actually talked with the developer, and he's he's he appreciated my feedback, and he's going to implement something to make the the sped up audio sound better. But between Overcast's ability to to speed up without really 
um, harming the audio too much and the smart speed feature. I, um, I'm sticking with Overcast for now for listening, but I'm checking banter, you know, a couple times a day to see what the conversation's like and to contribute my own recasts and stuff like that. So I'm enjoying it. I hope that, um, you know, some listeners sign up and we can get a little bitrate community going on in there. Yeah, that would be, that would be wonderful, actually. I'm, <clears throat> I'm struggling to find, I, I, it's, it's a shame. I don't seem to see if this is an option. I'd, I'd like to be able to just get my OPML in there. Um, oh, I don't see that either. Yeah, no. Oh, um, yeah, it's it's pretty feature light. Yeah, and uh, it's kind of funny actually. When Ban- when um, when Breaker first came out, I I was pretty curious because uh, f- from what I could notice, that was the first kind of one on the scene that tried to be a social network, mm-hmm. and I um, I broke it with <laughs> my OPML import um, <laughs> multiple times. Like it because I I don't know I had about 150, 200 feeds or something like that and it was so confused and so laggy and i was really dismayed by that so i moved on and 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 deleted it. i came back to it probably three months later mm-hmm. to see if they'd up because i'd heard that there were updates and stuff and it, i broke it again and i'm just like okay i give up <laughs> um but this one like it didn't even have the open mail import yeah and i i still found it charming anyway yeah. so it was, I, th- I felt it was kind of funny that i had i felt like i had a different standard for the two but um I definitely like the interface of, of banter way more than breaker or chorus for sure. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm going to subscribe to a few shows, get them in my, in my list. Um, and I, I've already having scrolled through the feed. I don't know if it's because we follow each other. I don't think so. I think this was a general feed, but you, you popped up a couple of times. Yes. So it does, it does show that, um, we're, we're in that lovely stage here. If, if this is something that continues on, we're at that <clears throat> lovely stage where a network feels new. Yes. When Twitter was, uh, when I first started using Twitter, which was about a year after it went mental, um, so I, I started using it halfway through <laughs> 2007, I think. Mm. Uh, so it had already gone huge at South by Southwest the previous year, I think. Um, mm-hmm. But that it was still small enough that it was only the the real, real early adopters. Um, and, you know, this was at a time when, you would actually get text messages. You know, it was the the original text message based system. So every tweet right. was a new text message. Um, right. And then I got to the point where I was starting to follow too many people to get a new text all the time. So I I texted back the the mute command uh, or whatever, and then you change it to only texts, only tweets that mention you or something like that. Um, I think mm-hmm. yeah, I think that was that was the next thing. So I did that, and and you you were always having these constant conversations with people and you, you you plan a little meetup and you do exciting things and play hashtag games and and it it really felt lovely and small and and cozy and and everyone was fun and obviously there were disagreements and harumphs but all in all it was a it was a very non-toxic really cozy nice environment and i like the idea that we might be um at the the threshold of that with something like the podcast community which is yeah tends to be in and of itself a a much warmer community than social networks in general um yes. and so having a social network that tends to be populated by people who are certainly the makers of podcasters tend to be a little bit warmer in personality um this is uh yeah this this is really promising so i'm, I'm excited to um to get my hands on it properly there'll be a link in the show notes for anybody to download the app
What, uh, what what do you got going on for your podcasting week ahead? I'm a couple of episodes ahead of um, my Hitchhiker's Guide show, and that feels really, really good. Um, oh, I bet. Yeah, I, I recorded one last night, but I don't have to edit it until next week. Um, so, because uh, tomorrow's episode is, or sorry, yesterday's episode is uh, is already and done, and yeah, that feels great. It's um, nice. I misbehaved in the recording yesterday because <laughs> I was I was I was setting traps for future Mark because present Mark was drunk and he didn't care. Oh no! Yeah, so future Mark is going to hate me when he comes to the edit. But hey, that's his problem. <laughs> what about yours? What's what's coming uh, What's coming up the pike for you? Well, I'm happy to to say that unplaced the. Um, eerie audio drama that I helped uh, produce and wrote the music for has just launched their Indiegogo for season two. So there's a bunch of really cool rewards um, to make, to make funding the next season possible, including um, audiobook versions of both seasons. So there's takes out the um, interstitial uh, intros and outros and puts it all together. Um, also a remastered version of the season one, which I'm excited to work on. And, uh, you know, you can also get the soundtracks as a, as a level. So I would appreciate if anybody's interested, uh, well, first check out Unplay Season 1. And if you liked it, um, go to the Indiegogo link in the show notes and um, consider uh, sponsor, you know, uh, contributing to the next season. That would be amazing. And also, um, there is a contest going on from Podchaser. Uh, so they have a few different things that are going on with their with their contest. They're trying to they, they just released a new feature where you can share reviews and they're trying to get more people to know about it and to use it. So if you write a review for a podcast, say bitrate for one, um, you can write a review of the whole podcast and you can also write a review of individual episodes. If you share that on on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram and you use uh, the tag, uh, Podchaser and you use the tag at Podchaser and the hashtag uh, chasing pods, you'll be entered to win uh, a pair of headphones just for sharing the review. Um, what also happens is for every review uh, a person makes on a pod on a podcast, whether it is the whole podcast or an episode, uh, that podcast is entered to win a nice XLR microphone. Oh, lovely! Yeah, um, so I'm I'm really hoping for the microphone because I could use an upgrade, <laughs> and uh, I would love for uh, any and all of our listeners, if you have a moment, um, check out the link in the show notes. And if you enjoy the show, or if you uh, feel like we have things we could improve on, uh, go ahead and leave us a review. Any any reviews help, even if even if you don't feel like the full five stars is is warranted. Absolutely. So- Podchaser.com. Get us, get us reviewed, and uh, yes, please. Possibly win yourself some headphones and win Brendan some some uh, microphones, um, <laughs> and we will all be very, very happy. Bitrate is produced and presented by Brandon Hutchins and Mark Stedman. Find links to everything at bitrate.podium.co. Follow Bitrate Pod on Twitter, and we'll see you on Banter.